Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes we we achieve outstanding pairings, and other times we get the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Gurney. I'm here with, as always... Carlos Cooper. But we have a really, really special guest here, and longtime listeners are going to just be head over heels ecstatic that, <laughs> that, that we have this kind of unannounced uh, special guest this week. But uh, originator, co- co-creator of the podcast and original uh, co-host of the podcast, Ethan Thompson. I found my us. way back. I found you my did. way back to talk about this movie. I'm here to talk about Jane Campion. <laughs> That's yeah. right. But before we get too Campion, uh, excite too much Campion excitement in here, we need to get our glasses filled. I, at least I do. Yeah. I do have a beer here. But first, Ethan. So you and Joe did a podcast called The Movie Hour. We did. Correct. It was on actual radio. No, it was. Well, it was in the you, ancient podcast year of two thousand nine. Did you not guest on his? He yeah, had a yeah, radio yeah. show years before. You would guess right. and talk movies, and that turned into, or sort or of. at least laid the groundwork yes. for the podcast. Okay, I knew that. I knew there was some radio in the folklore. Yeah, of I the can't movie believe hour. it, but it's true. Like <laughs> a, actual AM radio, and I even hosted it his talk show for him several times when he which be there. boggles my mind. Yeah. <laughs> And it was just you and him. Uh, there, other people would would show up. He'd always have a couple of guests, but uh, okay. I did it a couple of times, okay. just me, and then try to wrangle some people. But it was fun. I that was where I learned to just keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right on. I I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it was just Joe and Ethan originally for the movie hour for podcast, the movie hour because because I, I knew you weren't here yet. No, um, not. At but all. I wanted to get some clarification on that, not just for myself, but for our listeners as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, as, as Ethan has already said, we are going to be talking about Jane Campion, who is a New Zealand filmmaker. Some of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah. Taika. Taika. Uh, what is it about New Zealand? Early Peter Jackson stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, we get back. Maybe maybe we'll talk about about that after hours. (laughs) Not, not a ton. Uh, I'm not very deep into it. Sorry. Uh, after hours, Patreon listeners, (laughs) patreon.com slash premium podcast. Um, but I knew that, you know, when you watch the film that we were about to watch, New Zealand Film Commission or whatever comes up real big, and uh, and I didn't I, I didn't really know I'm wasn't familiar with Jane Camp Jane Campion before this, so I, I didn't know that whole Ooh. thing. I didn't really know a ton about the movie we're about to watch, really. Um, but I saw that and I was like, oh, there is an easy beer pairing for this. Like I've there had, should be. there should be, and and. And the the thing that I remember is I had this Blue Owl Smash IPA. Blue Owl's sour everything. So this is like a sour uh, New Zealand IPA is what it was called. Yeah. And uh. it had the, a New Zealand hop variety as its core element of yeah, the beer. Yeah, there are some specific hops that grow in New Zealand. Muteka, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. Motuika. Moti, something like that. Yeah, um, that are very unique. And they have very distinct Simico, flavor profiles. Uh, Simcoe? Simcoe is that what I don't know if that's Simcoe. New Zealand, but it, oh, I, I looked it up anyway. Nonetheless, so I've seen plenty of beers that have these New Zealand hot varieties in them. So I went to the store, I found 
the Blue Owl IPA in question, but it had Australian hops in it this time, and I was yeah. like, "Fuck, so close!" That that's the most. Uh, but it would have been a slap in the face. Yeah. Had you, had you done that been. and been like, "Oh, Australia's no. closer," yeah. no, no, it's, and it's really not face. that close. I found I found out recently geographically. Well, it's just how that once you away. get that far out into the ocean, into the Pacific, is that the Pacific that uh, they rest in? I don't know. Or the, yeah, but uh, but New Zealand is a dead ass like a thousand miles off the coast right, of Australia. That's right. a long way. Anyway. Um, <laughs> And then, and then I found some other IPAs that had these New Zealand hop varieties in them, but they had been can- they were hazy IPAs. They had been canned in 2020, and Yikes. I was not going to subject myself nor anyone else to that. Um, and so I was just about to give up. Are we still having My- the same problems we used to have locally with our uh, liquor store that sometimes doesn't keep things sometimes. fresh? Okay. Yeah, oh, sometimes. Okay. Oh, that's what I'm no, hearing No, no, right no, no. There's that's still little... lots of beers that sit on the shelf for way yeah. longer. Well, things sure. don't well, change. For sure, but na- but but there also is more good fresh stuff than there was before. So, so that's sometimes why the distributors thing. unload the old stock they do. on okay. us. They they, do. Yeah, no, they, it's they, there's still issues. So, that, that's where you <laughs> found this because I've not seen this can before. I did. This I did find like someone printed it out on their laser printer at their house. Excuse me, their inkjet printer. They went to Office Depot. Not everybody has. Not everybody has a risograph. It It does look like that. But I I was just about to give up. I'd been at the I'd been at the store for probably like fifteen or twenty minutes, and just looking so closely at every IPA can I could find. I was just and I had Googled the hop varieties on my phone too, so I was also looking for the names of the hops, you know, to see if Nelson Savin is the one that I was thinking. Nelson was the one that 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 was was the first one I became aware of. Yeah, Yeah. so Nelson was the one that I saw multiple of. And they were old, and so I was like, if I can just spot one that has this hop ready, about to give up, about to walk out of the liquor store empty-handed, tail between my legs, and then I was just taking one last kind of glance, and I saw this New Zealand-style Pilsner from our good friends at 903 who don't know that we're friends, but they will one. Uh, <laughs> they will one day. I th- they might. They might have some inkling. Might I, have I feel some like inkling. We've, we've, we've posted. We have had uh, several of their beers before, but this one usually it's, heavier. Usually, uh, you know, usually they, they big do a stouts. lot of fl- adjunct filled. Yeah, stouts. usually yeah. big. Where stouts. is this brewery? Sherman. Sherman. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sherman, Texas. Yeah. So this is. Uh, this says our newest pilsner delivers crisp waves of delicate pilsner malt and expressive New Zealand hops. Guatu, Rakao, and Pacifica hops vividly impart aromas and flavors of tropical fruit, stone fruit, and citrus, florally mm-hmm. and or florally. Floral and woody notes lend earthy balance to the beer's bright fruitiness. A spiritedly hoppy and dry finish makes this pilsner an understated thrill, capturing the beauty of simplicity and quality ingredients. There is truly nowhere to hide when you're brewing a pilsner, so it's a very easy indication of how good a brewery is. We have loved 903 in the past, so I'm very interested to see how their pilsner does like i said five percent and it says this is my favorite part about this brewery is that every beer they make has a pairs with section on the can and, yeah. and this one says pairs with calamari which i love always have uh chips and salsa and uh traditional zealand surfing cuisine. really surfing nice but it has a typo and there's two eyes in surfing <laughs> <laughs> well maybe that's a, uh, a, a spin on surfing yeah have you heard about the double eye surfing yeah. that's how they spell it down yeah. under D- down under <laughs> Well, it, which is Australia, not New Zealand. So it's all really down under, man. <laughs> so Southern this is great. I, I do want to note that the nose on this is pretty impressive. Like yeah. just pouring it into the glass. Like I'm getting the tropical. Uh, I was excited about this, honestly, because I've, you know, I've had. Which is so different for a Pilsner. I can't think of a Pilsner that's had a nose like this. Okay. So almost ever. You know, I, 
I've had some of the IPAs with New Zealand hops in. Like, you know, if you drink craft beer IPAs, you probably had yeah. those hops before. I don't think I've ever had anything quite like this before. And especially in the last year where we have kind of ventured into like the Italian style Pilsner yeah. and some of these other kind of Pilsner offshoots, I'm really... Uh, really excited to well i'm excited to try this got and this I'm, I'm it's probably the longest we've ever talked about a beer well it deserves it, it, it the tie-in is a good one it's an important one and i think 903 being a brewery that we have sort of pigeonholed by our own selections perhaps as a adjunct heavy imperial stout brewery this is yeah we'll get to see if they can do it when it's a, a lighter oh, more and, they, uh, and they've been doing a lot of the slushy stuff recently too that's true although i don't them. have we had it on i don't the know show? if we've done it on the show but i've, but I've seen it on the show yes yeah. yeah yeah um so are we are we cumber bitches on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna find out uh because of course as uh, ethan already indicated we are talking about in the first half of this episode the new release uh, just just appeared on Netflix uh, less than a week ago, or if you're listening to this, I think maybe exactly a week ago on the day this comes out. Uh, the Power of the Dog, okay? Directed by Jane Campion, New Zealander. Um, shot in New Zealand, but not set in New Zealand, right? This I is sus- an American Western. I suspected that it was shot in New Zealand. I'm, I read, that it, I'm pretty confident it was shot in New Zealand. There were a couple of moments where the scenery... Made you think more. Gave me shy or vibes. It wasn't. Yeah, you know, I had, um, I kept, it seems like it'd be weird if New Zealand would pay for a movie to be shot in Montana, so I'm guessing it wasn't, you know. <laughs> That's fair, but. <laughs> That's uh, fair. <laughs> but I just, that was, I, I, I did really enjoy this film, and we'll talk more about it, obviously, but uh-huh. um, I kept finding myself wondering, is that CGI? Uh-huh. Is that New Zealand? I couldn't enjoy it in the way that did a Western that is the typically about, like, so much of Westerns are about big film, gorgeous cinematography. Sure, Monument Valley, and, John Ford. And yeah. this point in, you know, cinema, it could just as well, or even more likely, it's just CGI and it's not real. And it just undermines a lot of the visual pleasure for me. Uh, That's interesting. Peter Jackson's fault in some way, <laughs> I, I guess. Like, to bring he it back to New Zealand, in, yeah. I mean... It, him and him and James Cameron really did fuck it up for <laughs> movies. I mean, if it hadn't been then, it w- them, it would have been someone. I mean, the technology was getting yeah. there. There was no way that somebody wasn't going to jump on that. For sure, for sure. I but yeah, I did. Well, I did get that kind of sense that it was New Zealand. So this is an American set western. Um, you know, out in Montana, early twentieth century, 1925. like nineteen twenty-five, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have two brothers who have been running a cattle operation for. Or 25 at, years yeah 25 years together um they had initially come in under the tutelage of a man named bronco henry who gets referred to almost like mythologically throughout mm-hmm. the film um and the cowhands that sort of live on the ranch they have this whole little community and the brother played by jesse plemons uh george george thank you phil is the is the benedict cumberbatch brother uh george sort of decides to take a wife right he 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 meets a widow who he has some interest in he proposes to her they started and this does not sit well with the other brother and it kind of disrupts their cattle operation add into that the fact that the widow has a son who uh phil the the bachelor brother seems to be sort of um 
inclined to torture um, and, and make fun of uh, primarily because of his effeminacy and pointing out that he's a fairy and he's, you know, that uh, Nancy boy. I think right. Calls that, that sort of adds this other dynamic where the mother's somewhat tortured because her son's being treated this way. And, you know, her, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, since it's been a long time, I, I cannot remember what the attitude is uh, toward Spo- it, one beer in a movie towards spoilage. Spo- spoiler heavy. No, we spoiler, spoiler heavy. heavy. We lean into if spoilers. You, uh, I mean, there I are times s- where we'll say because this know is being talk talked about, about in terms of the twist. Yeah, okay. so, a lot of people talk about it. And no, listeners, if you haven't watched it and you think that you want to experience the quote unquote twist, which I don't even think is that much of a twist, we can get to that in a minute. But if you don't want to hear about that. Then wait, listen to this episode later. Yeah, both of go these, ahead. Spoilers now. Both of these films have that we're going to talk about today. Kind of have those twists um, that makes it hard to talk about without them. Um, one thing I will say before we get into the twist is because just because I want to talk about the film up front, uh, or like the beginning part mm-hmm. of the film. Um, Kylie and I watched the trailers for this and the second film that we're going to watch today because we knew that I was going to watch one by myself and she was going to watch you the other one. You needed to pick me. which one you were going to. And so yeah. I watched both the trailers with her so she could decide which one she wanted to watch with me so I could watch the other one first. Right. Mm-hmm. And when the trailer for uh power of the dog plays, it's like a career best from Benedict Cumberbatch and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I don't dis- necessarily disagree with. I don't know that I've uh, seen enough of his body of work to say that definitively. Like I haven't seen Doctor Strange. Not that I think that would be one of his career best. But you've I, seen I, him play Doctor Strange at least. Yeah, but yeah. I haven't seen the I know, solo the, film. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen Sherlock. Um, huh. I have seen Imitation Game and some of these other yeah. things, but definitely a lot I haven't seen. He is very good in this movie. Yeah, but. He's very good at playing someone you don't like, which to which for me, it, it, the first hour of this movie was very tough for me. Yeah, because Benedict Phil, the guy yeah. that Benedict yeah, yeah, Cumberbatch yeah. plays, is a dickhead. Oh yeah, no, and absolutely. George is nothing. Jo- yeah, George is. <laughs> I, Jesse I felt, Plemons, man. No, I love him. No, I love no, Jesse no, no, Plemons. No, no, listen, it, it he's worked, just he's Jesse Plemons, right? I, like it he, he could well, be the same Jesse well. Plemons from Fargo, or or even yeah. or like maybe Mike. Hmm? <laughs> or like Mike, he's, Jesse Plemons. He's, no, he's, I, I he's in the film we have, but he was in Friday Night Lights, right? Yeah. I mean, like Breaking Bad. I like Jesse and he, Plemons, and he um, tends to play that. Me too, me too. Especially when he's put, and Kaufman I think he movie, works really Kaufman. well here. But this is such a thin, and it's supposed to be. This yeah. character yeah. is supposed to be like yeah. a vapor. It's not like an actual tangible human being on it's any not level. a it's not a meaty role no for him no which and is so, funny because he's such a meaty guy that's so that's so that is kind of what it's, it was, i found him. it shocking how much of an epithet that felt like as it was being used in the film like i just hadn't heard anybody on the schoolyard when i mean i think i was called fatso a lot but it was a oh. thing that I heard. Well, all right, but I think I heard it all the time. I just accepted it. But we've had this break from it. Like I don't hear yeah. people. Well, no, right? No, I don't no, no, hear no, yeah. people overtly calling other people fatso. And to have him doing it so regularly throughout to a the grown film, man, it was really weird. Yeah, it infantilized him to yeah, a certain I, extent. Yeah, I, 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 
agree it's with hard Carlos. it's hard to grab onto something is what i'm saying is because one person sucks and the other person doesn't say anything i well kirsten dunn that's where you go to you yeah. or is it kristen i always it's kirsten. That with kirsten. kirsten thank you all right kirsten dunn's i I I always find her compelling. I like her, and I do think that she has a lot going on under the surface, even before the alcoholism comes in. Spoiler, sorry, right? That the, yeah. like quickly that becomes a, a character, uh, you know, development for her. But even before I don't then, I'd say quickly. Yeah, like I don't well, know if I'd I say guess, anything in this movie. No, you're quickly. right. You're right. I see. <laughs> in the relative course of the film, it comes early, but sure. it's still probably forty five minutes in. Yeah, at least. Yeah, it's a long film. Um, it, it does take its time, but I think for good reason. I like what yeah. it does here. And what I was saying, I guess, where where Ethan was talking about, like this this thing that we might spoil, right? This twist that kind of comes towards the end. I felt like it was being telegraphed fairly early on, not not necessarily right out of the gate that he was going to be homosexual, but that. Phil, you mean? Yes, right. That even that first scene in the whatever the boarding house or whatever we call it, like that kitchen that they eat at. It's not a restaurant, mm-hmm. but a, you know where he's overtly over the top in in this really exaggerated way going after the kid when yeah. he's serving them. Like, why does he have this bone to pick? Why is he got to do? I'm like, oh, they're setting me up for like, and not even they're setting well, me I, up in I, a bad way, but he's showing me that this is a real sore spot for him. I felt uh, the twist is almost, you know, Carlos said that he found it really hard to watch the first hour because he didn't like him so much or whatever reason. I, I found it really hard to watch for the first hour or so because it was really suspenseful for me. Like he's so menacing. Yeah. That yeah. I was just waiting for some explosion of violence. Right. Which mm. I guess actually never happens in the entire movie, right? No, it doesn't. No, There's it doesn't. never an explosion no. of violence. But it's not it feels but you like, feel it's, like it's going yeah. to. And for yeah. me, the twist wasn't I mean, the twist is that that doesn't happen. You know, that, yeah. that well, it becomes yeah. about Good something point. else and the way that things play out was really satisfying for me because I was really just dreading. I'm like, I don't want to see this guy do something horrible yeah, to these people. Right, and I just right, feel like yeah. that's going to happen. And then it shifts a little to something else. And that was very satisfying for me. And by the time I figured out what had actually taken place and how the tables had turned, I uh-huh. found that really satisfying and for it to be, you know, it's a Western and for the myth of the Western to be, you know, you need people that don't play by the rules and they, they're out on the edge of civilization and to survive, they turn into something else. And then they encounter civilization and they have to work and they don't out what fit. They, yes. But this, this movie is about this guy and you find deep into the film, right? That Phil Cumberbatch's yeah. bastard, like where did he go to school? Was it Yale? Yale. He yeah. was he was yeah. a classics major. Yeah. And now he's turned into this like Western beast, basically. And he like makes a point of not wanting to bathe. Not yeah, wanting, I yeah, mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah. he refuses to be civilized yeah, now. Yeah. Yes. And and he, he resists the civilizing effect of this of his mo- his brother marrying this woman and bringing in, her into the house. And yet he gets really mad at her for being uncivilized and drunk, supposedly. Right. But you know, this son, her son, who is so not a part of the West, Phil seems like he's trying to make him fit in, and yet the son has his own way <laughs> of avoiding that and turning it into something else. I found that by the end, I really did enjoy the film a lot. 
Yeah. I I mean, I was really surprised at because I, I tried not to read anything about it. I mean, I knew it was something that yeah. people were talking about, but I luckily snuck in watching it before I caught any of the headlines that talked about there being a twist. Yeah, I didn't it, I knew nothing. And like you, like I feel like I I knew something was going to happen to to really dig into this character's backstory and tell me something that you wouldn't assume from those first few scenes with him, right? But I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. And then eventually when I did, I think like you said, Ethan, where it kind of, it takes that tension that's been built up that's rising where you feel like there's going to be this violent outburst or there's going to be some definitive, like where he does something totally nasty. And and instead it sublimates and kind of turns into, oh wait, no, he's just got this very different inclination than we realized. And this... And the fascination with Bronco Henry, I found that so, I don't know, like this, the way that he's valorized in his mind and he's created him like this folk hero. Well, and it's because him and his brother are the only ones who knew him, knew the actual guy. Um, But they've told these stories to the ranch hands and you can see they're like hooting and hollering. Now the whole, the whole dynamic between them is already kind of homoerotic, right? Playing around in the water when they're like, yeah, I'd say there's a good point, a a, a point made about that. Right. Yes. Right. And then, you know, so when it transitions into, it doesn't feel that far fetched. It feels very natural. And yet given the time, given what you know about the period and everything, like, it would have to be totally hidden, you know. Well, that's kind of a. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, Carlos, but um, no, I wasn't going to say. Anything. Okay, I was just I was just <laughs> thinking about that. I mean, I just really feel anytime you're dealing with something set in the West, particularly if you're making it in New Zealand, you know, you're you're dealing with the mythology of the Western. Yeah. And to take a film where you expect there's going to be a violent outburst because of what the particular film is about and what the genre is about. And instead, it becomes, okay, all this pressure and wildness doesn't come out in violence. It comes out through uh, repression. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and what looks like ultimately a long-term victimization and grooming that maybe he's, yeah. he's he, instead of that becoming he's violent, repeating. he's repeating yeah. this. Um, that is really kind of interesting to me. You know, it's like it kind of hits home for like, all right, so in the West, there was all this repression went into a place besides just shooting off guns. Well, you know? I mean, think about it. Like the men. Well, we just we were at an art show this weekend uh-huh. uh, that was the the work that was being done that had like the kind of homoerotic uh, vaquero uh, yeah. scenes yeah. in it. Like there is the show was that. Uh, it's where, at where was it? Space. It's at Case Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, definitely worth checking out both of the the two MFA ex- okay. or is the other one no I he's not an MFA he's no Arrow BFA but yeah. it's okay. pretty great stuff it's two BFA yeah shows, okay. actually so it, anyway they say like this homoerotic I mean it makes perfect sense right these guys were stuck together only guys all the you know like for these long whatever we call them rides or whatever where they're going <laughs> drives <laughs> drives drives thank you There's we all- did. The West. Yeah, we did Red River. Red I mean, River West was extremely homoerotic. Yes, let's face it. right. But it's funny how like it. You see that as subtext in some Hollywood westerns, right? I mean, certainly many mm-hmm. critics have made these points that you can read these homoerotic subtexts, and and they're there. But this is a film that like really kind of dives into like, well, no, this was part of the call. Like, I know this isn't based on a true story. It's based on a novel, right? Tom, really? Tom it's a novel, Savage, yeah. I think, yeah. Okay. And there's, um, and there's a lot. But it was, but his novel was a dramatization of a story he had heard told about 
uh, something that unfolded amongst okay. like people in his family or whatever. Seems like Jane Campion shouldn't take credit for written and directed by if she been you know, something like that. <laughs> well, it's adapted for this. I know, but come on, yeah. you know. That's what she, I'm sorry, Jane, but you know. <laughs> did you come on. Did, did you listen to Marin talk to Benedict? With Benedict, Bench? yes, yeah. I did. I yeah. listened to that today. I mean, the big point of contention between those guys was how to read that character because. Cumberbatch, as you would expect, playing the character was far more sympathetic to uh, to Phil in his situation yeah. because, like you're saying, he was groomed himself. Like, a, yes, a, an abuse was done toward not an abuse necessarily, but a, <laughs> oh, I think okay. you're supposed to read it as an abuse. I think so. It, it definitely felt that way, to, especially because right. I mean, I don't. Are we ever told the age of Peter? That's the son, right? Um, no, not not exactly. Though he is like in a medical school. Like he must or, be like early he must 20s. be. Early, yeah, I See, was thinking eighteen, nineteen, uh, maybe yeah. twenty. I, yeah. I, I felt like there were things about him that were telling us that he was late teens, but he looks fifteen. Yeah, like, he looks, he really looks very. Young. Young. He's very young. And so, at one point, Phil says, "I was probably the same age as you." And Bronco mm-hmm. Henry took me under his wing, whatever. And it very much felt like this kind of grooming situation. I definitely, at a certain point, I was like, is this going to turn into Call Me By Your Name in the Old West? Uh, which I which I also understand in that film, Army Hammer's supposed to be like in college or whatever, even though he's like grad school, 45 yeah. year old man. <laughs> and Timothy Chalamet is like 12 or whatever. But, it, you know, if you, if you forget what they the exposition tells you, it reads very much as like a middle-aged man and a yeah. teenage boy. I'm so know? dense though. Yeah. I have to like... Um, I didn't put it together until he found the Muscle Man magazines. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I, I I definitely didn't. I, I, I'm basically, yeah, I was, I was, I was right where you were. I didn't were. get the BH, the uh, initials on the thing, the cloth he's rubbing all over himself. Oh, yeah. You know, I oh, saw okay. the BH, but I didn't get, I did I, oh, I, I didn't see the BH. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I, I always um, feel like they added that scene with the men's magazines just for, dense people like me like probably and well, i was like that was so weird he's like crawling around and finds a fort with men's magazines in it with bronco yeah. henry written on the cover <laughs> yes no that actually now that you mention it the one part of it that did stand out to me was that would he really write his name on <laughs> no, this stuff like, like if anybody know. came upon it why would you want them to know like you're yeah. hiding it you, yeah yes. you would never yeah. have as- yeah. ascribed ownership to that yeah but, but i appreciate it as an audience i needed it. it or or was that uh uh phil writing that on them to remember that these were bronco henry's maybe, you know yeah, maybe you that know. was phil's hand i don't know it's kind of like the scene at the end too where the the guy goes up and, <laughs> and has a the conversation with jesse and he says well you know i think it was anthrax <laughs> spell it out for the audience in case you don't get what just happened the, yeah, yeah i very much did not get that either really uh, oh yeah the like piece of leather is right yes it was, fr- it cut was from the hide of it was the, the hide. He, was, yeah, yeah. he was sticking his knife in that sick cow and getting yeah. stuff yeah 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 it was the knife there it was the raw hide from the cow yes. he found in the hills yeah yeah that yeah i i would not have which turns that it either. so that's i mean like so how villainous is he was he just doing what was what was called for in the situation? He straight up murdered that dude. He did his murder mom. that guy. Straight like, up so murder to save. So was that? But that was uh, using a violent outcome in the West to you know to I, to. And what do you see at the very end? You see this very 
um happy couple happy couple family yeah. the family couple and i maybe even there's a car or something it's i can't uh, he's looking out of the house at his, yeah. at his mom and his stepdad mm-hmm. and it's like he's preserved the family unit which was threatened yeah, yeah. his mom is seems to be sober again and yeah. um everything seems fine <laughs> at that point i mean you know um i had the had the anthrax line not come in you wouldn't have made the connection that it was hit i i i would have interpreted it as like a more like icarus situation like phil's hubris led to his own demise because mm. at one point you know Peter says something about his cut and he's like, Oh, I'm fine. And yeah. a, a lot of times when he sustains some kind of injury, he just kind of gets over it or yeah. like, you know, he kind of brushes, right. Uh, brushes it off. And so without that so like line, more just I, a typical infection, not a catching yes, anthrax. Yeah, yeah. I personally would have taken it as like, he thought that he was mightier than he was. Mm-hmm. And it's the early twenties yeah, in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Right. And like things can get diseased right. in a way that, we wouldn't expect them to now, yeah. you know, like, I mean, back in the day, people died from like the cold and stuff. Oh, sure. But there is you know, that, but prior to that, there is that shift in that scene where, um, he's finishing the rope and they're in the room and, uh, they're smoking the cigarette yeah. and he's, uh, the boy it's very sensual, is sharing yeah. the cigarette with him. And it's, it's clear that he is becoming, it's almost that the boy is taking control, right? Mm, yeah. And at first, I kind of read it as a sexual, like taking control sexually of the situation. I did yeah. read it as I that. kind of expected, okay, the, the next scene is going to be gonna they be just them. had sex. Yeah. And maybe, but no. I definitely that thought wasn't, that they would. But that wasn't point. the control that he had taken. Yeah. It was that he had killed the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had successfully, yeah. and he could, and so that's kind of a nice switch there. Although, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that is. But I also think now that I'm, I'm thinking about the end of the movie, the gloves might have been an indication. Right, right. Him saying, it. "Well, that's because, also it because hubris. Do, he did, he he wouldn't work with gloves." Yeah, right. I was right. going right, to say right, right, they right, did. Right. They did yeah. point that out. So seeing him with gloves, the, seeing the 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 kid or the you know young man Peter with gloves at the end might have been able to like tip us off that like you know Jane Campion does follow some good screenplay writing. Um, she puts those plants in there. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. we get they telegraph the anthrax earlier, staying away from the yeah. anthrax car. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 castrates that cow and won't use gloves. That's Which right. was right. great. I mean, there were some pretty brutal <laughs> Yeah. Like I mean, realistic, but stuff that is not necessarily pleasant. Yeah, oh, that sure. stuff. Yeah. I was uh my uh you know, my family uh were ranchers and farmers in South Texas in this time at the, this time frame up into the fifties really. Um, well, still, but to a much lesser lesser extent. But anyway, I've heard stories of my uncle and they would they'd have a big fire to castrate these bulls and they would cut them off like that and they would have the fire going so they could cauterize the wounds mm. and they would just throw the testicles and the hot coals and cook them and then eat them right there. Calf fries. So, you know, they, they were right in it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, well, we, have you, we have were you, watching. That's, like, ever, that's, that's the kind of ceremony, too, have right? I, no, I have not eaten I have testicles. Not. Oh, you haven't either? No. Really? You have? No. I've yeah. heard stories okay, like that. Okay, no, I, I mean, where I, am I, mean, I going to get them? Well, I'm not I, mean, gonna, I mean, I haven't eaten them like that, but like, really? I don't know. In some parts of Texas, they're like on the menu at a restaurant. I just haven't seen them. Rocky Mountain Oysters. 
Yes, that's, basically. I mean, uh, that, I mean, but at, I was going to. The, the, there's that that place in Amarillo, the big red barn uh-huh, place that has the, the massive, the yeah. big the one with has the, the massive steak. steak. Oh. Yeah. They have calf fries on the menu. And that's what. Okay, that's what I have it made is. it there. I got to go. That though. sounds like a road trip, boys. Oh, absolutely. That's where my dad's from. That's so like oh, Aaron's right, worst right. nightmare is me showing up at one of those places and deciding to do <laughs> one of those challenges. Oh, that would be a very special podcast episode right there. Yeah, but but what I was going to say, we watched Lamb just not that long ago, which also had similar like very um you know graphic depictions of farm of life on a farm uh birthing uh babies and not um what's the word i'm looking for excessive or like no no but just matter of fact realistic and and this too this too it wasn't doing it in like a showy watching him skin one of those right but it but it's it gets across the fact that to him which is you know he's I don't know, that character is so interesting and we get, we just barely scratch the surface because we don't think it's his film. We don't think it's about him. About we Phil? Think it's, uh, no, about the boy. Oh, about uh, yeah. Co- yeah. Um, Cody Peter, something. Peter, yeah. right? P- Peter's the character. Um, you know, so that switch is done where like by the time you figure out, oh, actually, this is the most interesting character in this whole story. It's like... Because he's not in it for a long time. Right. I wasn't paying enough but attention. But he has those was moments, he... right? Like when he kills the rabbit. Right. Like both yeah. times right. Well, that's rabbits. like it shows like, is there a sociopathy? Is he... And yeah, Maybe. apparently there is. I mean, <laughs> he can very easily dispatch with somebody and not seem to feel any reservation about it. But on, on he's the... He's a pragmatist. The pragmatist. Well, there you go. Like that is... Is he... I mean, his mother know, seemed in yeah. danger, right? I mean, she is well, definitely... That's why, well, that's why I'm saying he's a pragmatist, because to him, I mean, he's in the realist, fullest extent of that word, is very much thinking, like, there's not emotion in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, this is what is best objectively. Well, and this is also a guy who's marked by, you know, his father's death, right? I mean, his, his father hung suicide, himself. Yeah. And did he see? He saw it, right? Did they yeah, mention he found that? him? Yeah, found him. Yeah. So like, Which you could imagine that I've, being a deeply emotionally scarring. Yeah, it's thing. it's yeah. interesting that that's like a pretty substantial part of his character because it, it will pick up on that again in the second half of the episode which is oh, also, yeah. Yeah. also a western. I have uh, a question though. I was just thinking back. I, remember, uh, Phil says, I think it's the night when he's making the rope. Um, after tonight, he says something like, after tonight, your life's going to be fine or you're not going to have any more problems. Yeah. Are like we supposed to read that? He's going to like, he's going to do something to the mother or what do you think? No, like, I think, hmm. I, I think we were supposed to read that as like that. That's supposed to be a moment. I feel where Phil is 100% like taking Peter completely up. Under his tutelage, yeah, okay. and I kind of like he's he's, he's going to protect him. Yeah. yeah, well, and I, also I, your mom's an alcoholic. I've got you covered now. Okay, yeah, and I even went, I guess, a step further than that, and was kind of thinking he maybe. I think Phil got that he was tormenting her and pushing her into this, and yeah. I think if he was to lay off adopt peter as like a you know a nephew who he really looked out for and did this stuff that maybe she would naturally get better because i don't know that's Mm. i was thinking like things are going to get better here from here on out because now i'm going to be less of a thorn in everybody yes exactly i'm gonna i'm not gonna be the asshole i'm gonna help you out i'm gonna her life is gonna i don't know i just thought that's how it was kind of going but that's interesting i mean i wouldn't put it past him (laughs) fully based on what i've seen i don't know yeah 
yeah, you know, this is an interesting movie because personally didn't find it wildly entertaining. Uh, I hear you. It doesn't. It doesn't have the charge. It's slow. not like pulling, you, very it's, slow. And it's a Netflix one, folks. So and you know, I, I found it so suspenseful that first hour. Just like I, well, I just really just was like cringing because I felt like it was just going to explode at any second, though. Yeah, I yeah. and and it's it's funny because I've kind of, the scenes. All the scenes in this film are pretty low key as far as like what actually happens. Yeah, but the score underneath them is like oh, yeah. horror the John, movie score. The Johnny Greenwood score is it's Johnny Greenwood. Okay. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. yeah it's. Love I mean, him. I I think it's pretty effective. But you're yeah. right. No, it's very, very unsettling. It adds to that tension. Yeah. It's that kind Ethan's of that, that about. makes sense. I I could see this on a double feature with. Uh, there will be blood. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Dead. Actually, th- those two would go together in Extremely interesting well. ways. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. This and there will be blood. But to your point, I was watching this and I, you know, a year ago, I was probably saying something to the effect of like, there's no reason why movies shouldn't be available to watch at home the same time they're in the theater. Yeah. Like, it's stupid. Like, just. You know, the people yeah. that are going to watch it at home aren't the people that are going to go to the theater anyway. So you might as well just let everybody see it at the same time, what, however they want to see it. Mm-hmm. And this is a situation where, I, you know... It, Wish you'd seen it at the theater. Well, but yeah, I mean, yes. Bottom line, yes. Yeah. But I didn't know really much about it before David brought it to us in our group chat, I hadn't heard the buzz about it that y'all had. I just hadn't been tapped in that way. Um, as we know from a few episodes back, I'm not a huge Western guy in general. It's mm-hmm. not my favorite genre. Um, so if this was a situation where it was made available on both, which I guess it kind of was, although it didn't screen in theaters where we are. It, right. Um, none, none here, but, but it did it elsewhere in, on screens. In, okay. in other yeah. places. I would have been like, oh, I'll just watch it at home. But I wish I had had to have gone to a yeah. theater because uh, it's so quiet. It's such yeah. a quiet film. It's yeah. a very still film. It's a very atmospheric kind of film. And it really, I mean, it's one of those things that would just very much benefit from being in a theater where there's no distract. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, I had to pause this movie in the, I, it took me about three hours to watch this movie. Right. Because I, at one point I got up to like go to the bathroom or do something and I paused it. And, but then I got a call and I ignored it cause I was watching a movie, but then I got a voice. It was an, it was an, an unknown number. Uh huh which I ignore it. But then they left me a voicemail and I was like, okay, it must be important. <laughs> and it was the security company for the shop. Oh, and okay. They said that, that some important. alarm had gone off. Um, and apparently nobody told me, but you have to have like a permit with the city for your security company to be able to send the police out, uh, to whatever, which my permit had apparently expired and nobody told me, uh, and so I was like, oh, fuck. And so I got in my car and I immediately drove over there. And so I spent a while doing that. Yeah. So that kind of broke up my viewing I of it. And you. like yeah. that would, and nothing was wrong. So I would have gotten out of the, if I was in a theater, would have gotten out of the movie and nothing would have changed. The outcome would not have changed. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, well, yeah. This, I, I would have much rather been locked in a room to, to it. see yeah, it, yeah, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I got the call to do this episode uh, this A few morning. hours ago. <laughs> yeah. And so. 
I, I wanted to see this film, but then it became, I have to watch this film today. Uh, and uh, I actually, I took my car to get the oil changed at the Toyota place. Okay. And I downloaded this movie ahead of time so I could watch it there nice. on my phone. Well, but, well thought out. Well, well but I, wa- I watched about 25 minutes of it on my, I have a nice new phone. Uh-huh. Good headphones, yeah. and yet I felt I was committing a crime against cinema it, uh, by watching it on my phone mm. in a place where I could hear a bunch of other crap going on. So I stopped yeah. watching it, and I sat there for another hour and a half. Wow. <laughs> you could have um, finished it. But but I didn't want to because it, yeah. I felt like I wanted to see, and I ended up watching it on my computer monitor at my office, um, which is a lot better than a phone. Yeah. Not as good as a theater, but I'm glad I didn't watch the whole thing on my phone because it really, and I wish I had seen it in a theater because it yeah. is really gorgeous, whether it's New Zealand or Montana or CGI, you know, <laughs> but it's funny because I feel like I, I do feel that it's one of those movies that the timing is such that you don't want to split it up. And yet I ended up splitting it up because there's about five hours in between there between yeah. I started and, and finished it. I hear you. Yeah, I, I I agree with both of you that this is one that I would want to see on the big screen had I had the opportunity to. I think it worked well enough, and I did get to watch it Unbroken, so that helped. But um, but yeah, I always, I mean, it's just it's always much more impressive, and I think you can get into the rhythm of it more easily when you're not distracted by that's a big thing. Yeah, any activity around you, other things, time time slows down in a movie theater. In a way that it doesn't at home. When you can slow down with it, you're oh, you're, yeah. you're invited to do that. That's yeah. good. I so think. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit tough. Don't you think? I have one last thing to say here. That uh, if this Alfred Hitchcock could have made a great version of this movie, like in the fifties, like if Alfred Hitchcock did a western, it would be like this, and it would be a lot campier. <laughs> but if he were to do a western, it a would be campier? something like this. Campioner, no campier, like he, you know. Interesting. No, I, I, you know, can you, you say like that, that setting with I the can, poisoning I can and the it. repressed yeah. homosexuality yeah. and all although, that. Although it would be much more repressed. Oh you yeah, you would never get. I think we'd take out, which might do well for the running time. You think you could do this in like an hour forty-five? They offered Hitchcock version, amped up. Yeah, this. Yeah, you you're not wrong, the- Ethan. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, uh, that that would be interesting although, to see. I feel like maybe Todd Haynes will do that. He's going to hear this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's going to be like, shot by Ooh. shot. Because uh, he already did Cirque with Far From Heaven. So like, if he can do Hitchcock with a, a little interpretation of this. I think that... Uh, oh, my God, I lost my train of thought. I started thinking about Todd Haynes. Um, I think, Velvet I th- Underground, Doc. With, uh, I know, I need to see that. I think that uh, with Hitchcock... You wouldn't, you wouldn't have the magazines that had Bronco Henry's name written on them. <laughs> maybe, but, well, but, think, but, well, not the content. But but but, not, I, well, but, maybe. but I think yeah, I think you would. But I think somehow uh, Phil's um, identity and history would somehow be more telegraphed yeah. than that. Like we, it would very we we as the audience would know so much more about him so much earlier. More telegraphed, but less confirmed. Maybe less explicit. I mean, you're not going to get the, the, the you're not, you're not going to get the scene rubbing, out in the woods jerking right. off. No, 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 no. You wouldn't have that. You but wouldn't besides have the that, I mean, besides having, that, having most, the saddle with eh, his name, and the lingering yeah, cigarette. I mean, he would find a way sit to sit on do his it. saddle. Yeah. 
Peter. Why don't you sit on Bronco Henry's saddle? You'll learn everything you you need to know about riding and more just sitting in that saddle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, this works. I mean, so, well, we all liked the film a lot, it seemed like. And I liked it. I think I liked it less than the two of you. Okay. But I I did, especially after talking about it more, I liked it. Yeah. I think, honestly, the suggestion that Ethan made about the idea of pairing this with There Will Be Blood, now I kind of have in the back of my head, like this ideal, I'm going to do a double feature screening on the big screen of those two films back to back. Beer in a movie party. Yeah, something like that. Like th- we need to do that at Alamo Draft House or something, just so I get to see this It'll one on the big you, screen. It'll be you, me, yeah. Joe, Ethan, and Josh Dillion. Well, I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't think we can get? Oh, come on, G- gay westerns and like. I, I was thinking of maybe I don't know. We have to pick out a film for uh, this year's Bill Huey's Best Picture. So oh, that's true. Maybe Power might, of the Dog. I might lobby. <gasps> I might lobby for this. I'll be curious to see. I I actually think I have a contender for what I think is gonna outdo this one already really? but i can't say it so yeah no, okay interesting, interesting. but so, i love this i i mean i really did like this film yeah a lot. yeah um yeah her first film in like 13 i was years, gonna ask well she but she did um t- uh, she's done top TV. of the lake oh right right right, right? yeah she did a that couple seasons of that yeah. so she did tv that she's was really TV, good but her last film was like 2009 sure, yeah well in the cut um i mean the piano was huge. I mean, yeah. d- d- you you weren't around for it, but the piano was a like, huge moment. What, now, it did win for Actress, right? Did Holly I believe Hunter so, win? yeah. And there was like... It's a fantastic film. Yeah. And, and that just sort of made such a big splash, and she never quite followed it up with anything that got that kind of accolades in the cut in the early 2000s. Yeah. Kind of had some critical praise, but it didn't catch on yeah. with audiences. And uh, yeah, she kind of she had faded as a film presence. Although Top of the Lake did get, I think, a, yeah. a, a lot of uh, critical respect back then. But yeah, so this is a a big return, uh, big statement. Yeah, yeah, from her, for I think sure. So. Like she's still here. She's still telling stories, and yeah. she's good at it. Yeah. And yeah, we should watch more of her stuff. Or she should keep producing yeah, stuff. Is yeah. this beer a statement? Nine oh three. Should they keep making these statements? Uh, because normally we have a very adjunct-heavy dark beer right. from them, as we mentioned earlier, and this is a Pilsner. It's weird. I I mean, I like this beer, but calling it a Pilsner is kind of strange because of the hop character here, right? I mean, yeah, Pilsners, I don't understand why they. Well, I mean, I th- I get it because they're lagering it. They're, yes, okay, they're, they're lagering doing it, it Pilsner. It's style. only five percent. They're using a Pilsner malt base. I'm sure yeah. they're using the yeast. There, I get a. It's crisp. It, it is crisp. It's crisp. I get a ton of stone fruit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, like it's a, a ton. Very fruity, very tropical kind of nose. I keep, I, you guys are probably looking at me funny because I keep swishing this around my glass it, yeah. and smelling it, but it's because it <laughs> has depleted mine. such a, it has such an intense, it's great. Fruity And fragrance. it doesn't go away. You're, you've it. been drink, sipping on that for, you know, whatever it's been over a half hour now. And it's still giving that to you. This is, I mean, 903. Yeah. It's good. Up in Sherman, these guys know what they're doing all across the board. I mean, if they can do these heavy adjunct stouts that are crazy and over the top and pull those off without making them sweet and cloying and gross and I can't stand drinking another sip, 
and they can pull off something light and kind of ever. Now, I I still don't know how I feel about calling this a pilsner, <laughs> but I love uh, drinking it. I will definitely be getting I can this beer to have in my own home because I like this beer a and lot. And the fact that it's fruity pairs well with this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... This is a case where I'm 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 glad I was the one that procured it because now I have four more cans in my fridge that oh, I that's can drink good. at yeah. a later date, uh, which I like. There's um, more on the shelf though, right? This wasn't yeah, the last yeah, yeah. one. Good. No, no, All right. no. Oh, there's more. There's more. Um, it's you've. This is really inside baseball, but um, you've seen where the 903 section <laughs> is. It's not the most like perused part of the that's store true, i feel it's true. kind of like in it's this tucked weird away. it's tucked away off to the side it, and towards thing. the bottom and yeah, very, yeah the you actual be willing the actual crouch. bottom yeah. you, get, you gotta be willing to crouch <laughs> there's, but there's there's a lot there and i i almost bought a 903 at heb that was the first place i went to look yeah um because i i knew i had seen a blue owl can there and i thought it was a new zealand thing so i went to H and i had to go to heb for other things but uh they had the puffed daddy Oh um, yeah, which from if we did Ghostbusters Afterlife, that would have been a Perfect. beautiful time. But it's a yeah. blackberry, pineapple, and marshmallow like smoothie, slushy, fucking yeah. whatever. I almost got some, uh, but I was like, you know but what? They have it out at room temp. At I don't understand temp. that. I want those cans to explode mm. just so they learn. There is actually a blue owl smoothie sour thing that they had, and the shelf where was those wet? cans were was it wasn't wet but it was sticky Ooh, and so i'm almost positive you think one uh, and also i do remember when i brought that ingenious um peach a la mode yeah, thing yeah. um they so when i bought that it was room temp on the shelf when i went back again it was in the cooler oh so okay. i think i think they're having some exploding <laughs> maybe they're figuring uh, out that some of these beers, there. well they certainly have space <laughs> they just have like you know tall boys of pbr they can replace me that, and, you know me and my friend nathan i texted him uh when i looked at those modern times cans that had the nelson hobson oh yeah and they were from like september and october 2020 mm. and i just wanted to fucking die uh and i i i've heard him complain about the age of some ipas on the shelves here in town and i and so i texted him and i was like bro you are not lying some of these yeah. shits are old yeah. and he went off on this soliloquy this ty- <laughs> tirade about how for whatever oh. reason they refuse to refrigerate anything good <laughs> like all the good stuff yeah. is ruined like the double galaxy oh. from ingenious all the night yeah. oh, everything you gotta, you gotta, gotta have gotta have room for all those 12 packs of molson you know <laughs> schlitz <laughs> fucking uh, yeah, i mean people uh, will drink that even if it's warm right yeah i don't i don't i mean look i I appreciate the Miller no, High Life no. being yeah. uh, refrigerated. I've been on a Miller High Life kick recently. But yeah, give me one, one good IPA cold mm. when I walk in. Just one. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. All right. So we are going uh, further back into the Old West, uh, not the 1900s, but the and, 1800s. Yeah, yeah. And a slightly different cast of characters perspective cinematic style literally yeah. everything that you can expect the only thing that's similar is that it's in the west uh when we return Oh, shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did it louder than you, at least. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, in general, you do most things louder. Yeah, than I I'm do. a fairly soft-spoken individual. You're right. Uh. You're right. Um, yeah, the and we're back may be the only time that you raise your voice in the, in yeah, the podcast. Yeah, that's the loudest I get in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we're talking about James Cameron or something like that, and I really start yelling at people. But, yeah, yeah, right. Well, we're not talking about James Cameron Thank or God. Jane Campion, for that matter. <laughs> we're talking about James Samuel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, And his film... Well, we'll get to that, folks. Wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Voice. Voiced, we need to get some beer in our glasses. We have a beer coming to us from Epic Brewing, which if Joe were here, he would answer this question. I don't know if we've had on the show before. I've certainly... I think we have. Did we have? We had Big Bad Baptist, maybe? I think did, we had. I think we, we had. had I, I, okay. did, I do think we did. Um, well, this is Son of a Baptist. So this is kind of like the little brother, I guess, of Big Bad Baptist or... Well, no, not the little brother, the bastard child, something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that, what are the implications here? I, that, what, I, I've the walked into a landmine here. Uh, but this is a coffee stout with cacao nibs. This is from uh, Epic, as I said, out of Colorado. Are you looking up whether we've had them before? I'm going to try to find out. Yeah. It is a coffee stout with cacao nibs made with rotating artisanal coffee. Artisanal coffee. Um, it doesn't specify what that artisanal coffee is on this particular uh version that we have but nonetheless we will get some in our glasses it's eight percent so this is a you know even if it's the sun because big bad baptist i think is up there over ten percent but uh still eight percent that's nothing to you know scoff at getting that into our glasses here pouring dark like a stout should let me check the nose Ooh, coffee for sure. Digging that. Um, well, I feel almost prepared to talk about this film that we're going to talk about. But, uh, but have you found out in your reconnaissance effort here uh, any? So one, so one thing I say at the end of every podcast is, you know, check out beerandmoviepodcast.com. Um, not only can you find a link to listen to all the episodes where you can find this really handy map of all of the beers that we've right, had. Right, right. Liar. <laughs> you can't find the map? I can't find the map. Oh, no. But you're on mobile. You're on mobile. Are you going to, like, if you think if you... Uh, I am on mobile. if you go in your browser. Oh, well. <laughs> so okay. I, I might, it's it's very, it's quite well, possible. Well, Carlos may lying. locate this. Uh, but regardless, let, let me get us into the movie a little bit here as you're this, looking up this. This is a movie I've been wanting to see for a while, so I'm right. glad that it finally right. made its way to the show. To the show, right. We you know, we had talked about maybe doing it earlier, and, and we had some other things that we felt like we, we wanted to... Uh, you know, make sure it that is, we got to. We do. It is on the website. It's just not very easily accessible through the mobile. By your mobile, right. It's not, it's not a our, site. Our, our, mobile, our so. mobile situation is not great. We're sorry about that. Um, but nonetheless, we wanted to do this film. And finally, when Power of the Dog came along, we're like, okay, well, this is it, right? I mean, there's two big, high-profile westerns on Netflix. That's reason enough to do an episode where we pair them. And um, so we have taken this as an opportunity to finally get around to The Harder They Fall. The 2021 film from uh, James Samuel, who is the brother of Seal and, and and also a musician in his own right. Yes. Uh, 
Hold on one second. You did no reading about this, did you? Okay. I didn't so, I didn't do any reading. I just watched okay, the movie. Yeah, yeah. We have not Steel. had Epic on the show before. Oh, okay. All right. According well, to the beer map. Fair enough. Um, well, the, hopefully this will be a good introduction. Um, the Brother of Seal. Brother of Seal. It, it, but but it's his... so much to make it tell you. That's right. So much yeah, yeah. you can say. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if that's going to make it into the final episode. It will. 100%. Okay, good. Good. All right. I, 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 don't, I, I don't edit myself that much. Well, anyhow, uh, James Samuel has, has made this film uh, in conjunction with a number of people. Uh, quite a cast, actually. I mean, the cat... Uh, the cast... From top to bottom. Tops to bots. It's, it's hard to deny the star power well the screen charisma yeah of the cast that you've assembled here yeah so jonathan a, majors a, a couple of weeks ago before you get into the cast couple, idris elba <laughs> I, I mean come Lakeith on lakee stanfield regina, regina king, king zazie beats uh, delroy lindo delroy lindo favorite buds. of the show oh, oh. Uh, jonathan majors too yeah, uh, I mean the, the guy, um, the guy who plays Damon Pick, Wayne's Jr. Damon Wayne's Jr. He's not billed very high. But no, when, but he's but when great. he shows up, you're like, my guy. Yeah, uh, the guy who plays Pickett. I don't remember his name. Oh, uh, it, I do, you know I recognize him, but I do not know uh, Eddie Gathegi. X Men. X Men. Right. He's an right. X-Men first gone class. baby. Gone. New mo- yeah, no, he was in a couple of the Twilight films. Yeah, I know him from X Men: First Class. I, yeah. I, I like him in those yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the cast is cuckoo bananas, insane. It's yeah. like everybody. Yeah. And I have some more to say about my personal feelings towards the cast mm-hmm. um, and how it kind of like toyed with my viewing of the film a little bit. Um, but I will say my fr- so my friend Sadiq texted me a couple weeks ago, right around it's probably within a week of this movie coming out, and uh, I should have pulled this up before I started talking. But he did not particularly care for this film, and Ooh. a way that and at the you know at the time I hadn't seen it, so I was kind of. Uh, I was surprised and I was like, oh, maybe it's not good. He said, the harder they fall is awful. And I was like, <gasps> awful? This was November 17th. Why didn't we have Sadiq on this uh, this episode? Because oh, he lives in Freer. You're right. Uh, mm. And I was like, that's crazy. I feel like people have been saying great things about it. And, he, and, and then he said, and Red Notice is trash, which I haven't watched yet. The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot. And he's like, dude, have you watched The Harder They Fall? And I was like, I haven't watched it yet. And he was like, I can't get back my life. And I was like, that's, <gasps> and I was like, that's very dramatic. Uh, and, and, it, and he was like, it's not even about the time. It's about my whole life being <laughs> over after watching that movie. And so I saw wow. him today. I saw him today. I watched it yesterday. Today being Monday, the recording of this podcast. Uh, I watched it Sunday. He came in the shot, or I texted him Sunday as soon as I finished watching it, actually. Yeah. And I was like, you didn't like The Harder They Fall. I'm curious why. Um, wh- what was your main point of contention? And he came in the shop today, and he first thing he did when he walked in, he was like, you have shit taste in movies. And then he was like, hold on. And then, <laughs> and then he was like, hold on one second. And he started talking on the phone for like a half an hour. <laughs> So he came in super hot, stood outside the shop for like a half hour on the phone, and I'm just on the edge of my seat waiting. <laughs> and his his big point of contention was all the star power distracted him. Okay, okay. I, I mean, 
I'm not saying, I mean, I 100%, right, we, I, 100% I do not agree. I wish we had Sadiq here. Okay. But the, I, I, I do as well because he and I didn't really get into the meat of it the way that I, I feel like we should at least synopsize the story a okay, tiny yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I mean, sorry, sorry. not that, you know, but the idea is you have these two, I mean, th- there's more to it, but there are these two kind of rival gangs in the Old West. Composed of these yeah. people, who I mean, I'm just saying, like what one, one of them. I think um, the movie's about Nat Love. Yeah, yeah, but but it's also about the the Buck Gang. It's also about um, them freeing Idris Elba. You know, they, I don't know. There there's some great scenes. I no, feel there, like it's there is, but I feel like tip for the, tat for the a heart while. of the story is Nat Love. The origin story is Nat Love's that that we start the film with, and then we don't realize how involved Buck is until later. And yeah, I mean, the, I I also feel the inciting incident that spurs the plot along is Nat Love feeling like he's done with his crusade of vengeance, and then realizing he's not. Right. So at the beginning of the film. We see Idris Elba m- murder these this child's this young child's parents in front of him, and then mutilate the child. He carves a cross Carver, into yeah. his forehead, and then we come sometime later, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to the Nat Love gang, and we see him, and basically what he's doing is he's going back and he's killing all of the people that were involved with the murder of his parents. And the only person he doesn't have to kill is Rufus Buck, played by Idris Elba, the one who actually did the killing, because he's in jail for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And then the inciting incident is that Rufus Buck is pardoned in exchange for killing this crooked group of military officers. And then Nat Love, thinking that he's done with vengeance and he can move on with his life and marry, stagecoach marry, uh, and live a happy life, realizes, no, I got to go after, I got yeah. to get this guy. And that's the main inciting incident. The B plot, I feel, is Rufus Buck, who is trying to create this like utopic this city, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, this model of a town founded operated by by black people mm-hmm. and you know a place that w- hopefully would be a model of success for other african americans in the late 1800s to be able to go out and settle themselves and find like build a town for themselves yeah. by themselves of themselves you know it's like a black um, utopia on the on the frontier Yes, in theory, in, it, in, it's, it doesn't in, operate. It that doesn't way, operate no. that way. And um, another one of Sadiq's complaints was that the Rufus Butt character was kind of like one-dimensional or kind of. I don't know. Which I did not agree. See, I don't agree with that. And I think, you know. And I stated my case. And I will go there. Like in the first half when we were talking about Power of the Dog, Plemons, that is a paper thin character. And he's had. By design. As much as it fits his type, like he's had roles with more meat on them. He's a good actor. Oh, he's a great actor. But he can go there. And he can do multidimensional characters. This script did not demand that he did it. Idris Elba, I will agree that the character is not written as in depth as you might want, but I might disagree with that too. I think Idris Elba brings to the role a certain, well, his charisma. Like he's that, one of the best movie stars of today. I mean, since the moment I became, a, it was The Wire that I first became aware of him as Stringer Bell. I mean, the guy bursts off the screen and seethes with 
that kind of raw like magnetism of yeah. a great you know he's like a de niro he's a he's a nicholson he's a you see he he has a line in a song where he says godfather part two call me de niro is that right yeah it's justified yeah. i mean like that's exactly what he brings to the screen so so when i see him and doing a role like that like yes could i if if you were to like break it down and make me wa- read the screenplay would you say that the character's underwritten maybe but maybe with what he brings to the screen does it fully inhabit that yeah absolutely i hadn't there was nothing that made me feel like buck was not developed enough as a character when i was watching it yeah i i agree and i and i think there is I think there is depth to him in the writing because I mean, in his, um, you know, conversations that we see on screen with Trudy Smith played by Regina King. Um, he says, I mean, where I got the whole, like, this will be a model for other, I mean, he says that directly. That's not like some subtext that I gleaned from the film or whatever. He says that Rufus Buck, the character, um, but then he goes right out and murders this guy in cold blood for not being willing to pay the money that it's going to take for him to build his thing. And and so I think in the writing, in the screenplay, there is this conflicted character who is so desperate to meet these ends that any means will that mm. will justify yeah. the ends and or the ends will justify the means. And so yeah. he's willing to do anything he has to do to get there. And he's so blinded by achieving that goal. And he's so blinded by, uh, creating this thing that he envisions in his head that he doesn't realize that the way that he's getting there is undermining his goals. Like nobody in that town feels safe. Nobody in that town feels like they're in a utopia, uh, that was created for them, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think those two sides of him create a more complicated character than maybe he got, he's getting credit for. I, I mean, I, 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 I haven't I read a lot of critical think, so, consensus. Okay. But. So, you know, here, here's where I'll come. Like, I really enjoyed watching this film. I like this film. It's we, a fucking we, fun we've movie. Ta- we've talked about the star power. We like, I also think the fact that they are largely basing this on, characters that existed in the historical old west even though they're taking great liberties with how they're sort of grouping them and the relationships they have and even how the the the, uh performers depicting them at least based on you know imagery but Uh, i I don't want to get bogged down in that too much other than certainly don't want to get i like i like the fact that they really went to no like it's it's the middle finger to the people who'd say like, oh, you're just making a black western. No, they are literally showing you that these people existed in yeah. the old west, and they and, did. You can Google them and find right pictures exactly. Of them. And that the the problem is is that movies for a long time just totally ignored that fact yeah. and acted like it didn't. I mean, what is the statistic? It's like more than half of the cowboys in that era were actually people of color were, were black were, Mexican, were latino yeah. like i mean look at uh, i mean it's it's so it's so crazy you know when you start looking at like spanish albums from the 60s 70s and 80s i mean these guys are all dressed like cowboys yeah like yeah. that's the, it's been a huge part that's of their history and right, culture is right. this like ranching cowboy like yeah whole vibe you right, know and right. it gets ignored yeah 
So I think that's because that's amazing. Cast John Wayne as a Mexican, hopefully not. But I think if this film has a flaw to it, to for me as as like you know making it feel like it's a film that or that sort of draws me in in the way that I wanted to. That has a it it is the kind of excessive style of the whole thing. Like it's going yes. for this. It's it, a it's a Tarantino movie. Well, I know people have been <laughs> I mean, using, and it makes sense. I mean, like there are these like very. It, it feels like an extension of Django, for or sure. they, but it, less brutal. A little less brutal, because some because some some of Django is fucked up. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, some of this it doesn't is pretty go fucked as dark too, as that. No, it but, doesn't go as dark as Django. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. But, but in terms of cinematography, yes. in terms of editing, uh, editing rhythms, the title that it cards, gets into, the title cards, like that is, it's bringing that sort of postmodernist spin on the yeah. western that Tarantino has done, and that and that yeah. you know. Uh, uh, um, Takashi Miike. There's a few people who have kind of done this yeah. version of a western, and this is definitely that. Now, I think in some ways Samuel has done it maybe better than um, th- than Tarantino, but also in some ways not as well. So, one thing that really struck me about this movie was the music choices. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts or feelings about this? There were times where I found it... I mean, it's jarring at times. I think they're going for much more contemporary sounds. <sighs> yes. And I... Look, okay, so... When I was in college, I went on some tirade in my editing class about Baz Luhrmann's use of modern hip-hop in The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I was, and I still am mad about it. I think Baz Luhrmann's pretty shitty, um, and but he's not my cup of tea either. I know that people yeah, love yeah, him, yeah. I, but my my larger point with the Great Gatsby situation was that the twenties are a character in this film, and yeah. you completely stripped it of all of its twenties charm, except for some of the but visuals. I think it's, but it's and like what I, you're trying you're trying I, to pull the twenties into the present for sure, people. You're trying and to I I I. I intellectually i understand the choice Uh emotionally i think it's a bad one um and so when i was on this you know tirade in this editing class Mm -hmm. my professor at the time uh was you know he pushed back against me as you know he he would do at most of the time when we spoke (laughs) to one another and he was like he was like but other filmmakers have done that to great success i mean Sophia Coppola did it in Marie Antoinette. And I was like, Oh, I've never seen that movie. And he was like, Oh, well you should watch it. She does exactly that. And I think it works really well. And so I watched that movie and I was, as much as I hated to agree with him, I was uh, like, fucking, he's right. And in this movie, the first time that a song came on and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And it was when they're freeing Idris Elba on Mm -hmm. the train. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. That's crazy. And probably three or four like songs that weren't scored, but like songs that played in the film. I looked over at Kylie and I was like, "How are you feeling about all this reggae in 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 this in this movie?" And she was like, "Honestly, I'm fucking with it." And I was like, "I'm fucking with it too." Like, <laughs> I don't think that it should work, but somehow it does. Yeah, because the versions of the songs that they chose are like 
yes, they're reggae songs, but they're also like really epic sounding reggae songs. Yeah. And the when they're used, I think is very important, and yeah. it works really well for some reason. I don't know why, but I, I mean, I love that kind of music already. Uh-huh. Like, uh, well, and, and the title of the film has to be a reference to, to Jimmy Cliff, Jimmy right? Cliff and yeah. The, uh, the harder they come, the harder they fall. You're right. One and all. Right. I, and I, I was sad I didn't hear that song in the movie. <laughs> I have to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I kind of hear where you're coming from. But I, I I don't know. I thought it worked really well. Um, another thing to go back to, I said earlier I was going to talk more about the casting. And I, it was... You might have heard us if you're uh, a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, $5 a month gets you a bonus episode every single week. Uh, you might have heard us talk about last week. We were discussing the films we were going to do. We talked about this movie. And, you know, I, I think I mostly referred to it as an Idris Elba film. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of went in thinking that or feeling that way. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to see Idris Elba in this Western movie. Yeah. I mean, obviously I love Lakeith Stanfield. Like, yeah, sorry to bother you. It's just like fucking magnificent. He's great, great in get out. I mean, he's great in Atlanta. He's great in everything. Um, I love Regina King. Um, although he's small. Uh, I like, I've liked Zazie beats and almost everything I've seen her in. Um, and, but you know, Idris Elba's my dude. So I was, I was thinking, and the first thing you see as him murder these people in cold blood in front of their kid yeah. and then carve across it to his forehead. And at the time you don't know why. And I'm watching it and I'm like, Oh, that was really fucked up. Like, mm-hmm. and that wasn't fun. Yeah. Like based on the trailer, I thought this was going to be kind of a fun movie. That was not fun. No. That made me very upset. Right. <laughs> and right. So I was kind of like, I was just really taken aback by that opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Right. And then as the film goes on, the people whose names I know just like offhand at any point, if I see them in anything, I'm like, that's this person, you know, like in Mm -hmm. whose careers I kind of follow are the bad guys, objectively bad people. And I want to root for Lakeith Stanfield. Like I like that. I like Lakeith Stanfield. I don't like Cherokee Bill. Right. I like right. Regina King. I don't like Trudy Smith. And, right. And so I had this weird kind of, it took me like an hour to really But eventually able, you get Delroy. Lindo is Bass Reeves. Yes, and, you know, the, and who's so great. And it, I, I like Dion Cole a lot too, even though his character sucks. He's yeah, the sheriff, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're not familiar and with him. Jonathan um, Majors is really, really good. I mean- he's amazing and watching this movie i didn't get as into the lovecraft see uh, i was i was just about to say watching this movie i was kicking myself for having not seen lovecraft i i probably need to go back to it i tried watching one episode and it didn't it didn't pull me in but i thought he was good and seeing him seeing him do this no i agree he he can carry the film on his shoulders when it needs to happen and I feel like he's going to be getting bigger and bigger parts. I hope so, because he is charismatic as fuck in this movie. Yeah. it's But but going back to you know what, what we said before, I think if I have a criticism here, it's that sometimes the style overwhelms what I think could have been my deeper interest in the characters and these relationships. Like, there's some cool fucking characters in this film. Yeah. And there's some interesting, like weird dynamics between some of them that I feel like we only scratch the surface of. 
I hate to say this. I feel like I've said it a couple times recently, and I and I don't want this to become my mantra or anything. But there's part of me that feels like this deserved to be more of a series mm. where you would develop. Well, there's going to be another movie, right? I, mean, I probably, but will there? Yeah, probably. I mean, dude, that 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 end sequence, that end shot, yeah, of, yeah. of Trudy Smith's bowler cap. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you're probably right, but it just it felt like I kind of needed an hour with this character and just kind of figure out what what their whole deal was i want to see this and and sometimes the whip flash bang style of the thing was like i just ended up feeling frustrated like oh i kind of just want to see this character and like play out this yeah scene a little bit longer i can i definitely understand i definitely understand that and i see where i see where you're coming from but I don't know, like for me personally, in you know how I feel leaving a film or a show or yeah. like whatever it is, I would, I personally much rather would leave wanting more yeah. than having gotten too much. And sure. I and I think this movie leaves you thinking about these characters and kind of pondering like yeah. oh like you know what more was going on with this person or like yeah. you know whatever and, and 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 i like and i like that there's kind of stuff left on the table mm-hmm. as opposed to you know like if i take one more bite i'm gonna explode you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah uh, i would much rather want to come back for more yeah than feel like i got too much well and, that's and, it. i and, mean maybe that's I, it it's like this feels so. It's a cool movie. I mean, like you, it is really. If cool. you can get, if you can get over the violence, I mean, I understand that. It is very like, violent. It, it, it is. It's just matter of fact about the violence. And it, anyway, so if 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 that turns you off, yeah, this isn't going to work for you. But if, if you, you don't get, like Tarantino movies, you're not going to like this movie. No, not at all. I mean, right? No, no chance. No, no chance. chance. If you, if you, if you're turned off by his aesthetic, then yeah, yeah this is not no, it for no. you. But if. If you like it and then are sometimes troubled by the whole like literal politics of a white guy <laughs> making those films and stuff, like this erases some of that. So kind of like you you end up feeling better about it in the long run. So if you if you can roll with Tarantino, I think this will be your cup of tea. But I hear what you're saying. I think for the first installment, maybe this makes sense. But I like that you're already thinking oh this is probably going to become like a series of some sort they set it up yeah no i think you're probably right but i hope it's successful enough for netflix and for samuel that this makes sense to be something that they turn into a because i really do the cast they assembled and the ones that would still remain i think are still it's like i think everybody dies in this movie (laughs) yeah A lot, a lot. I mean, yes. like everybody yeah. dies. Um, but but it's just it's, and every time it's heartbreaking. Yeah, the yeah. way that everyone goes out is like, oh yeah, God, yeah. I mean, the only time you really get okay. So this brings me to something that I feel like we should talk about. I, okay. So the only time that you get any kind of satisfaction or feel like you're getting like a bow wrapped on top of something is when Cuffy kills Cherokee Bill. And it's only because her and 
um, the other guy whose character name I can't remember off the top of my head, who was always like, oh, I'm faster than Cherokee Bill. Um, uh, Beckworth? Beckworth. Yeah. Uh, you know, she had said like, oh, I'm faster than you. Or I've, I've seen someone faster than you. And he was like, who? And she was like, when I look in the mirror or whatever. And yeah. so then the fact that she's the one that dispatches Cherokee Bill is kind of satisfying in a way. Yeah. But other than that, even when Nat Love kills Rufus Buck, it's undermined by the fact that, spoiler alert, they're actually brothers. Yeah. And that the reason Rufus Buck killed his parents was because, because that was dad her dad. Did wrong and, to his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And Nat's, Nat Love's dad, previously Rufus Buck's dad, right. beat the shit out of his mom right. and him all the time, yeah. only to change after abandoning him to live this perfect right. life. Right. Uh, and so by the time you. And. I feel like in that, at least for me in that moment, I'm still like, no, you, dude, you've come all this way. You got to exact your revenge, you know, yeah. um, especially after everything that they've gone through and at that point. But it still takes away any satisfaction you could get. Oh, from sure. Him no, killing it doesn't Rufus feel Buck. good. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. good. It's like, oh, fuck. Well, now you, Nat Love, our hero, have been put in this impossible situation. Yeah. Of like, no matter what you do, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what you do, it's not going to be satisfying or fulfilling. And you're just fucked, you know? Yeah. And so I think that, I I don't know. I think that's a very, I think that is, well, I think that's part of it that separates it from Tarantino. Oh, absolutely. No, you're, you hit the nail on the head there. I think what you just pointed to, it's not just the fact that this was made by a black filmmaker with a with an all black cast it's the fact that they actually take the trouble of yes this is a revenge film but it is a revenge film and that the violence is fantastical yeah and, yeah that yeah. causes you to question the whole revenge narrative at yeah. the end of it especially like in that moment where you you learn all this where you're kind of like Oh my God! Like this, you know, it's not as simple. It's, it's not, not as black as simple, and white. No. It doesn't have that. Tarantino never gives you that. No, it's mm -hmm. black and white. It's black. Right? And white, I mean, yeah. the, these people need to die. The yeah. baddies need to die. Yeah, I mean, you know, in 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 a machine in gunning Django, Hitler yeah. in the face yeah. is objectively in his, in his the right thing to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because uh, nobody's actually, mad at that. I, you know, I say that only because there is a lot of moral ambiguity in, you know, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, yeah, you know, like more they, so they, than his later films. He does explore that Jackie Brown even, but but he did like definitely lean into the idea of oh, I like these revenge films that yeah. just give us clear villains, clear clear heroes. Yeah, yeah. like kind of more pure entertainment than yeah. Uh, just like trying to explore right any like, kind of really you know once upon a time steered us differently but we've gotten off bit, yeah. off on a tangent but yeah, it makes yeah. sense because it is being compared that way it is being talked about it's impossible it not sense. to see and it that. makes sense i yeah. mean i've i've realized in some of our more recent viewings that maybe i don't have as in-depth a film as uh, you know especially watching french dispatch that i i might not have as in-depth a like classic film background as I would need to be to be a truly um, adept critic of things, being able to draw upon like historical kind of uh, predecessors to certain That's what styles this is all about, and filmmakers to find and stuff. Those um, uh, but with this one, I mean, uh, with the gener my generation that yeah. and even you, you know, can see before, it, yeah. I, it's like 
if you if you have been alive for the last 20 or 30 years and you did not see Quentin Tarantino in this movie it's like I don't know what to tell you man you haven't yeah. been watching movies I mean it's so clearly there but I feel like it also so clearly if you're really thinking about it takes us to the next level and honestly just like with the first half of this episode talking more about the heart of they fall makes me like it even more than I did watching it the first when I watched it I was like that was a fucking fun movie yeah and the performances are great and I loved the music in it in mm-hmm. a way that I didn't expect. But now it's like, oh, man, there actually is a lot more to chew on there than I maybe had given it credit it's an for. Ambitious, it's an ambitious, big, uh, ostentatious... I mean, this is his first feature. Like, th- yeah. that he's coming out of the gate. Like, he's been a musician. He's done these projects. I think he's had short films or videos that he's worked on. But this is the first feature that this guy's done and to have it be this bold and kind of daring and and there's some like real kind of ambitious like technique in it oh yeah no i like mean you that, can't that you that can't cr- fake tarantino in a way that's easy i mean yeah. like his filmmaking is it's a labor intensive filmmaking yeah one that requires a lot of forethought and a lot of follow-through in a way that I, I'm sorry. I mean, just a lot of filmmakers wouldn't be capable. Even filmmakers I love and do their thing in a different mode wouldn't be able to pull off a Tarantino film because of all the planning and all the work and all the, you know. The, the meticulous nature yes, of it. Yes, right. Yeah. It's just very... It, Wes Anderson, I think if we gave him the paint-by-numbers <laughs> version of Tarantino could execute it because he is a stickler for detail. Yeah. But John Cassavetes... Uh, he wouldn't no, make, no, he wouldn't yeah, be yeah, able to make yeah, a Tarantino yeah. film. It just doesn't you know it doesn't jive with the yeah. approach. Yeah, that th- there's the shot that goes like from Rufus Buck and his mm. thing all the way across the main street. Yeah. to Nat Love, and it's this like really intense zoom. Yeah, that is like stunning. Yeah. I I mean it's in a chunk of it at least is in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but just like listening to the single from an album in the context of the album, seeing it in context of the moment when it happens and everything that has preceded it and like yeah. what it's leading up to. I mean, it's this really intense like zoom shot that I'm not entirely sure how they did it. <laughs> and it seems like there was definitely some trickery that went, went on in the editing yeah, process of being able to pull is. that yeah, off, yeah. you know? Um, but it's so effective and it's so cool looking. I mean, that's, I think, I think that's the thing that, I think that's the thing that separates this from the first film we talked about is that (laughs) this movie is cool. This power of the dog isn't trying to be cool. (laughs) It's not trying to be cool, but this movie is so cool. They're very different missions, right? For sure. For sure. Both. But, but I do think they're both related because they are both doing something with the Western mythos that, changes it right i mean i think power of the dog leans into we talked about the homoerotic subtext of the western yeah it makes it a for it makes it foregrounded text it's part of the story Mm -hmm. this one takes an aspect of the old west that was almost entirely hidden and almost entirely like off screen it never made it onto the screen in the hollywood version of it and puts it all front and center and it brings with that all the bravado and the sort of excitement of this huge... I mean, it's announcing itself. It's like, this is an intervention. We are correcting the story here, and we're going to do it 
in a way that's going to show you it would have been just as fucking entertaining to tell things this way yeah. as the white bread plain way that you decided to do it, you know, in the old days. So bravo. Like, I think this is as bold and cool a statement as I can imagine being made in film. And that's why it's getting all the praise. And I get, and I, and I would, I'm surprised that Sadiq finds it so perplexing. <laughs> I, I really do want to talk to the guy about it because he to me, like this celebrities. Is, this is even though I can say like, okay, there are some th- times where I wanted more character development, whatever, like the whole package itself, it's a fun ride if if you're okay with violence. It, it is a film that definitely does this thing to the historical record that I think is really interesting and that you'd rarely get with, you know, any genre, but certainly the Western. And to me, doing that and doing it as well as it does this film deserves all the praise it's getting and and I'll be sad if it doesn't end up I mean it is it's ending up on your end list for people already I'm sure it's going to end up somewhere on ours and yeah I don't know this is one that people need to see yeah if it didn't at least end up in an honorable mention section I would be very surprised mm-hmm. um in the Delroy Lindo, now two years in a row, has been in a couple of my favorite films. He's so and good. he's really good in the like this guy's I'm I'm feel like I need to start a campaign like Delroy Lindo needs an Oscar. And if it's I think he should have got it for Defive Bloods. I mean, well, I, that's what, yeah, I mean, sure, we, I no, mean we it, talked about it absolutely then and I was I I've if if memory serves and you know, I go review the tapes, but I my recollection is that I was pretty adamant about how he should have gotten an Oscar for that performance. Cause especially in Defy, I mean, he's good in this, yeah. but he was fucking transcendent in yeah. Defy Bloods. So, I, so I'm hoping that this turns into a regular thing where the next like five or six years, we get these awesome Delroy Lindo performances. And one of them does culminate in him getting an Oscar because yeah. I hope so. I mean, that, he's always been good. Yeah, he's always been great he's always been in everything good. that he's in, but he's always flown under the radar. And now sometimes you... he's been in some eh, kind of things. I okay, mean, he was in Sahara. You're... <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you're, you're, that's like elevated, right? No. Um, Should have won an Oscar for Sahara. Yeah, but it, it, he, he needs all the praise he gets. Yeah, I, I am excited to think about this renaissance in his career where now more filmmakers kind of have him on their radar. I would think so. For I would think at this moment, if you're making big films, heavy performances yeah. where you need an older gentleman to do something profound, this dude, he's can, your guy this right dude now. Can I can't, I yeah. can't think of anybody that I would cast over him for that type of role. No. I mean, mean, like, yeah, I'd love to see him and Danny Glover do something together. Like those two guys, I feel like they're there's Danny Glover doing anything these days. He still acts. Yeah, he he does does stuff. Yeah. Uh, Okay, we're we're getting (laughs) off. But okay, so great film. I mean, and again, I think we have our caveats in there. But even of the two, I think this is the easier one for me to recommend to people. Oh yeah, like. The average viewer, the yeah. person who's like, and I know our listeners aren't the average viewer, but but if you're talking to your friends or you're having a, a you know Christmas party with the family or whatever, and you're talking to your uncle and like, hey, what are you seeing that's good lately? Heart of They Fall, easy, easily. You have Netflix? Oh, you should watch the Heart of They Fall. Watch it as long as you know the person's okay with violence. Yeah. You, if 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 you're talking to your incredibly religious aunt. 
who goes to church three times a week and then it's the power of the dog and, and please is, yeah. watch <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, i'm thinking i just watched just friends have you ever seen that movie with ryan reynolds and amy smart it's like a christmas movie no i um, kind of yeah no a ryan reynolds's mom is like oh Oh my god! Oh my goodness! You know, kind of, okay. kind of uptight woman yeah. or whatever. If, if if that's your family, then maybe not. But uh, it, you know, if they're if if they like Inglorious Bastards or Django Unchained, yeah, the heart yeah, no, If they can hang with any of the Tarantino a given, stuff, yeah. it's a given. Yeah. Yeah. Even like I don't know, like I'm trying to think of other kind of more violent mainstream movies. Born Guy Identity. Ritchie. Guy yeah, Ritchie. Yeah, that, I mean, no, I think any if, of that kind of, even, yeah, even if, James if they Bond, like, like if they're watching, if James they like Bond Tarantino movies, or Tarantino light, then, then they're probably going to be good. And this, this is, yeah, this yeah. is, de- I mean, and, and it's going to be better for their soul to watch everyone, this. Everyone get together with your family this Christmas. <laughs> watch the harder. This is the new Christmas. This tradition. is the new Christmas tradition. <laughs> well, is Son of a Baptist from Epic Brewing going to be part of our Christmas tradition? A coffee stout, 8%, mm. artisanal coffee. Mm. What are you feeling, Carlos? Well, here's the thing. My craft beer journey, as we've discussed maybe a few times on the show, began with the stout. That was... I was not an IPA or pale ale guy at first. Right. It began with the stout. And this is the exact kind of stout that I was obsessed with Mm. when I first started getting into craft beer because it is delicious. It's so, so good. It has a certain, the cacao nib brings like a certain degree of sweetness into it, but you really get that coffee coming through. Yeah. It's, it's got enough bitterness to kind of balance it all out. And I think that if, I mean, if we're talking about coffee stouts, I can't off the top of my head, think of a better one personally. This is top notch coffee stout. You're right. I mean, I think, uh, everything that you want from a coffee stout, this has, yeah, it's, it's, it's got the body, it's got the ABV, 8%, which is respectable. Respectable. Though not putting you into that territory where, ooh, danger zone. Like it, I have a coffee stout in my fridge currently Yeah, that has been there. It was a four-pack, and this one can has been there for probably a month. And it's because it's 12%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can't just casually drink that. No, no. <laughs> you know? Eight percent you can manage. Eight percent I can manage. Twelve yeah. percent is like I gotta clear my schedule. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I need to know that I have a day to recuperate. <laughs> I can't be doing yeah. anything. That's true. I gotta true. have an entire day where I'm not leaving my house if I'm starting with this. And and, and personally, on a Sunday morning, I like a coffee stout. I'm cooking pancakes. I know you're. You're. That's I kind do, of a move that you do. It is a I'm move not, that I'm I do. not as much. I if I I do like the, a breakfast beer. If I, I do, do like the, a breakfast. If beer. I do the brunch drinking, it's usually micheladas or bloody marys. That that tends to be where I, where I go. If but, I'm if I'm out and about, that's where I'm at. Yeah. But if I'm at home doing a coffee it, stout, I like a coffee stout. It's a smart way to go. I like a coffee yeah, stout. It's more. It it you're gonna make it through more a Sunday if you do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So. 
Yeah, a resounding success, yeah. I think, with Son of a Baptist, which, 100%. Is, as I said, I guess we haven't done it on the show, so at I some point so. we're going to have to, but Big Bad Baptist is kind of like the big, you know, daddy version of this beer. I really could have sworn we had done it at one point, but... I, we probably had it off mic at, at some point, yeah. Maybe. So, um, you know, if you haven't had this one or if you haven't had that one, I mean, these are worth seeking out. Epic, I know they get their stuff around. I mean, if we get it here, you you get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's... It, uh, but out of Colorado, couldn't recommend it enough. Just like this film, The Harder They Fall, it, you know, God, we're entering that season where people are going to be playing the catch up with films. And I mean, I certainly will be. And Still need to see Titanic. This is one that if you haven't seen, yeah, definitely sit down and, yeah. you know, watch that. And Check it out. Maybe not your whole family, but that select group of friends or whatever. That yeah. could be fun. I would say probably, unless, unless your family is like mine and they're kind of square uh i would say your family's probably down with this one um but yeah definitely we're approaching that time of year all of us are kind of putting together our year endless we're catching up on the things that maybe didn't show in theaters here um so the year end episode is uh imminent and if 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 you're the type of person that's putting together a year end list, you owe it to yourself to expose yourself to this film so that you can know definitively if it lands on your list or not. I think it might at least make your honorable mentions. But it has been another fantastic episode of Beer in a Movie, even though our third couldn't be here. Raise a glass uh, to Joe. Raise okay. a glass to Joe. Pour some out for the homie. Uh, he'll be back with us next week. Uh, thank you. Ethan, well, we thank Ethan for coming and filling yeah. in and kind of uh, bringing the old band back together, even though uh, actually, you know, it's funny because Joe was a little more aloof when Ethan was still doing it than he is now. It's true. Uh, the, the, I think uh, when, when Ethan left, he felt like a, a need to. Yeah, he kind of take take more of a. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so kind of back to the early days of Beer in a Movie, uh, Ethan popping back in. But. You know the best part about this podcast is that the conversation does not end when the episode ends. It continues on all of your favorite social media platforms. So you can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX, Beer and Movie Podcast.com. Not only has a link to listen to all of our episodes, but if you're on your desktop, maybe not on your phone, it has a great beer map where you can see all of the different beers we've had from all of the different states in the U.S. and all of the different countries. We've been to 12 countries so far on this podcast, beer wise. And uh, you've heard us mention it a couple of times, but patreon.com slash podcast is how you can monetarily support the show so you can keep getting the top-notch audio quality that you have come to expect from us. And for $5 a month, you get a bonus episode every single week uh, where we talk about beer, yes. We talk about movies, yes. We also talk about the records we've been listening to, uh, the podcasts that we're listening to, the TV that we're watching, and the movies that we're watching that do not make the show. So that is definitely a great time. Check it out. Uh, we talk about some personal stuff too, which we're going to do this week. Um, <laughs> and yeah, definitely do not want to miss that if you're listening to this on apple podcast please rate review and subscribe it helps the algorithm do what it do we know you're going to leave us a five-star rating but please leave a written review tell us what you like what you don't like what you want to see more of in the future um and speaking of seeing more in the future the patreon does from time to time get to help us program an episode so that is yet another perk that you get from being a patron um so do not i i i implore you do not sleep on that uh until next time I hear patience is a virtue, but I ain't never been able to wait to see if the motherfucker true or not.